Hello, welcome to the Dear Balladeer podcast, the podcast where we find the perfect song for your predicament. I'm your host, Sadie Gustafson Zook. Today on the podcast, we have a letter from a writer who's wondering about moving to a new city, having love after being burned, and just generally trying to figure out how to, how to do it. <laughs> so we have Eleanor Buckland on today, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her experience. We're going to listen to her song called You Don't Have to Know, and it's going to be a generally thrilling and chummy conversation. So without further ado, here's Eleanor. Eleanor Buckland, <laughs> welcome to the Dear Balladier podcast. Thank you, Sadie. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Um, for those of you who don't know Eleanor, she lives in um, New York City. We first met in Boston, Massachusetts, maybe at a house called the Brighton House? Probably. because Where we respectively lived at different times? So actually, I never lived there. You didn't? I never lived there, but my sister lived there and my friend Isa lived there and all of our friends lived there. So I just hung out there all the time. Oh, I moved I into your sister's never... room. Oh, no way. Yes, yeah. on the third floor. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just was there all the time. So people think I lived there, but I never actually did. That's how I feel about Berkeley when people are like, oh, you lived in that house, so you went to Berkeley. And I'm like, no, I just hung out with everybody who went to Berkeley and then I didn't have to pay for Berkeley. <laughs> but I got all but I got the benefits. some of the benefits. The social benefits. <laughs> didn't get to play at festivals, but I did get the other social benefits. <laughs> oh, man. Um, cool. Well, so <laughs> before we jump into the question today, I want to ask you a few questions about your creative process and just some stuff like that so yeah um great I'll just launch in so in general like what kind of things inspire you to write music whoa um it's a whole like bunch of different things I think that something can happen like if a big sort of life event happens it's not like whether it's a breakup or like that's all I'm thinking of in this moment, but <laughs> lots of other life events exist. But if something big happens to me, it's not like the next day I start to write songs about it. It's like weeks and weeks and months later. And even like sometimes years later, yeah. I'm still writing about the same thing. So often what inspires me is after I've had time to process some of these experiences if they're you know if they're big experiences or even um something that's less like a specific uh event it's not like this one um time-based catalyst or something it's just over time a series of experiences all add up to me feeling a certain way that will kind of like spill out into my songwriting when I do sit down with the guitar, which um, is where I do most of my writing like from the guitar, right? So, and I'm like all journal and stuff and, and write lyrics, but when it all comes together, it's like I'm sitting there with the guitar. It's not like I write my lyrics first, but a lot of the time, you know, 
the inspiration comes from sitting with the guitar, playing what comes to mind, and these experiences kind of bubble up from the past. But then I also think something that inspires me is just being in the the natural world, which is potentially like a charge, even the word natural, but being in the woods, being on a lake, being being around my friends, like basically anything that makes me like feel alive and feel good, I feel like I am inspired by that. Do I end up writing songs about feeling good and feeling alive? No. I mean, I wish, and maybe some of my songs are, but it's like those experiences make me feel motivated or feel inspired to write, and then what I end up writing is usually not about, you know, those skipping through yeah. the meadow. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun way of thinking about it. Like, I, I feel similarly, but... I wouldn't have noticed like yeah it's like the things that give me the energy to write is one thing and then the actual content that I'm writing about it's like it's actually just giving me the space to process the things that I wasn't processing otherwise yeah and obviously you know I think I think those moments of feeling really engaged with the world and feeling alive that's where I get like a spark of like an image based inspiration or you know I see something and then I put that on the page and then I'm able to like connect that to an emotional thing I'm experiencing right so um you know like yeah a visual image can then be kind of like trans posed or like a, I don't know what the word would be like but sort of like put on top of an emotional thing hmm. yeah Oh I don't yeah, know if that yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, like, like to add the poetry of the natural world to whatever, yeah, experience you were thinking about, or yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that way of thinking about it. What did you want to be when you grew up? <clears throat> when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a dancer. Any kind of dance, like ballet, and like I loved tap dance, but I had this image and I don't know if it was because I watched center stage like too young (laughs) but I was so into the idea of being a dancer I also wanted to be a visual artist I loved painting and stuff and making art and then for a little while my best friend and I had this plan that we would be interior designers because we played a lot of sims but we didn't play we didn't, like, make The Sims do anything. We just built houses and designed <laughs> houses. And she had a, the, one of the cheat codes so that we could have, like, unlimited like money. Endless. So we never, <laughs> you know, we didn't have to, like, budget on our home. We had all the fancy things. So those are three of the things I wanted to be. I'm not any of them. <laughs> I mean, but they're all, like, they're all connected. And you're going to keep building homes for as long <laughs> yeah. as you have a home. So... Yeah. You no, you don't have to get paid for it, but you're going to you're going to pay exactly. to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, whether it's like I'm doing it myself. Yeah, I mean, I love I still find myself like I love dancing. I I've recently gotten back into like doing visual art or doing art outside of music, but I haven't really thought about the interior decorating thing, but I do love to nest. I love mm. to make a space 
feel really good and cozy. Yeah. 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 Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was the first song that you wrote and what was the context for it? This is a very fun story because it's so... I don't know. It just feels like it's out of a movie or something. I don't know. But so the first song I ever wrote was this song that I called such an embarrassing name of the song, but it was (laughs) the moon song. Okay. Really bad. And, um, and I was like, 19 I had done so earlier on I hadn't written songs but I had um I like once added some verses to a Dolly Parton song and and nice so it was just like the form was already there and I just added my own thing right but this song I wrote it really late at night like middle of the night at a camp in New Hampshire called Miles of Music Camp it was my first time going to this camp I had just moved to Boston that year. It was the summer after my first year at Berkeley. It was, I had moved to Boston. I was 19. I had just, there was so much happening. Like I'd moved from my small town in Maine to Boston, which felt like such a big city. And we had, there was a group of us all hanging out and there was just one guitar getting passed around and we were all sort of late night, party zone but it was like mellow and we were all writing songs on the spot like just improvising songs and somehow the space worked that or or somehow everyone miraculously felt good and comfortable in that space and everyone was doing it you know and I think there were only maybe like 10 or 12 of us but that's still um, a lot and then at a certain point, yes, it was so many. And at a certain point, my friend Steph started recording them on her phone. And so just just like for ourselves to have, you know. And so the next day I listened back to it and I turned the whole thing. I like rewrote the whole thing, but it's all based on what I wrote in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. This thing. And it was really special. It was like the moment that I felt, oh, man. I don't think I had this consciously, but now I'm like, oh, of course. Well, if I can do that, I could sit down and write a thing. You know, even if I just did that on the spot, like, I can do this for real. So I think I was afraid to write songs for a while and then finally did it. Oh, that is a nice story. And it is very, I mean, like, I've been to Miles Music, so I have a very, like, I have an image of what that looks Mm -hmm. like, but also basically... It is yeah. exactly what people would think that it looks like, yeah, where like, you're like oh, on a dock. Yes. <laughs> you're just sitting there, and this muse comes to you, and the stars are shining. But yeah, we were in the um, what do you call it, like the rec hall or whatever, down on the dock. Yeah, but and it was it was magical. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Do you have an example of creative expression from your youth that you still think about today? Oh, that's so, well, I mean, that's such a cool question. I, I still think about, I guess I'll say dance because I, I was, you know, I was learning to dance for like doing dance classes, I guess, 
and from when I was set in second grade, so I don't really know how old I would have been then, but um, I loved it so much, and I felt like it was this way that I could really, like, I don't know, express my emotion or express, like, thoughts I was having, not in a, like, thought to dance move pattern, but just I'm having all this, you know, I'm going through whatever I'm going through as a kid and then as a teenager and because um, I danced from when I was in second grade to when I graduated high school and I loved it so much and it was this like, it felt like I was able to get out or release and express all this shit that like wasn't ever going to be in words and it wasn't, it wasn't you know, expressed through conversations with friends or like, you know, I didn't write then. I didn't like writing for a long time. That was the whole thing. Like I was like, I don't like to write. It was, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that was, but that it was, I wasn't doing it visually. I wasn't doing it in music. You know, I played a lot of music, but I wasn't writing songs at that time. And I've just felt like dance. It was like so physical and I could like get out all of this stuff which then I feel like was creative, right? And and yes, I was learning certain dance, chore like the choreography was not made up by me, but there's a way to like dance it and be creative within like that structure. Plus my friends and I in middle school, especially, we'd always make up dances. We'd like choreograph our own dances. So that is something that I wish I still did. And like every time I move, I'm like, oh, I'm going to look into like a, you know, I'm going to look into if there's a dance studio I could take classes at and I never have. So yeah, <laughs> maybe I will now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's something I like, all of these questions are leading questions because I have fun answers for them. But yes, um, <laughs> tell me yours. wait, what's your answer to this one? Well, I, for me, like I, in middle school, I made a zine that like was yes. so cool and yes. i think it was oh i still have it it's called like a day in the life of sadie and like yes. the cover was like i had taken the train from like chicago to or from goshen i guess to like portland because my family Whoa. did that train ride a lot nice and i like took a picture of my converse all-stars against the seat in front of my that and then i had like a version yes. of that that was like in color and then a black and white one and I like cut it up in strips and then wove them together and that was Ooh. the cover so nice. if that gives you any indication and then I had like a fashion these were your section. classic black and white converse <laughs> um they were red because I was oh even better there was a cool girl at my <laughs> camp who had red ones so then I was like I gotta get those so like I must uh, cool easily girl. influenced <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah I had like an introduction and just like I was so sure of who I was <laughs> like the way that I was talking about myself it's like I'm Sadie I am like 12 years old and I hate the war in Iraq like <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were so strong in your convictions yeah. and your ideas of yourself I was like yeah. war is st like war really sucks or like <laughs> you know <laughs> <Totally>. using <laughs> yeah uh, mind blown anyway I just think about that all the yeah. time and I'm like I should be making zines all the time I love it you could <laughs> you could make a zine for like new music you know I 
Well, I did. Mm-hmm. I made a zine oh, merch item. Yeah. Oh, but it was much okay, more cool. like I designed it on Adobe, whatever. It wasn't like it wasn't I'm going to like really, yeah, collage my way through this. But yeah. Um, oh, but wow. I do there's think that time. there's something about like middle school, maybe specifically like that age, like when you were choreographing dances with your friends and I was like. Making, making these a cool zine. zine and also I had like creative friends and we were like always making music videos and like just like That's always so creating awesome. stuff and I don't and know it's before you I, I do feel like some of it some of what happened whatever creative like output happens then it's I mean middle school is a bleak time but <laughs> it is potentially before we all get really like stressed about um outside perceptions and like pressure of the whatever culture exists at your school like I don't know yeah so so yeah what you're talking about there the zine and then the dances it's like we we were so free in that and you're so like comfortable in who you are you're like I I'm Sadie in this and and then it all sort of like I mean not for everybody I think but for a lot of people it's like that gets lost for a long time that sense of like self the like sure confident sense of self right yeah yeah I mean I still don't like war but <laughs> oh, but, oh, same. Yes. <laughs> but other parts of it yeah <laughs> um yeah I was say- thinking more like the that like the inhibitions like totally. haven't you know, our like self-consciousness hasn't maybe caught up with us. Right. So. Right. Like you're um, able to be like silly and like. And just put it out there. Sure of things. I wonder if, I wonder how that is now because like, I feel like with, well, we were having a little TikTok conversation before we started recording, but um, I just feel like our experience might not be transferable. Right. No. I know because I didn't get a phone till, I didn't get a smartphone till I was like 18. Yeah, so I, I got yeah. one in college. So yeah, maybe anyway, we're antiquated, but that's fine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, what identities are important to you? Oh man, well, I feel like it's changing all the time. Um, like this beginning, the beginning of this year, I was like, this is gonna be my year of family. Because I've been feeling really disconnected from some of my family members because I I was living all over the place during the pandemic and um, far away from my family in Maine. And, you know, over Christmas I went home, I saw my dad, I saw my sisters and just, and I, and, and I saw my brother too. But every time I spend time with my family, I'm like, oh my God, I want to do this. And then also they drive me crazy, right? So there's that too. But... <laughs> So I have been feeling like lately, like sister, being a sister, like that identity has been really important to me and um, wanting to be there for my sisters and spend time with my two sisters. And because I think I've also just been like missing them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that identity and... Like, I'm not, well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to put this in. I Like, just that, 
I'm bi, but I'm never, I've never really been like super, I don't like talk about it a lot because hmm. I move through the world like very straight passing and like have only ever dated men. So there's this, so I just haven't, I just don't talk about it a lot, but that is something that's really important to me. That's an identity that I can kind of like, I claim, but, um, but it's, it's like hard and complicated just because that's like, it's all kinds of identities are like hard yeah. and complicated. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, um, but I think also, I don't know. I think, you know, I would say like songwriter, like the identity of being a songwriter, or maybe just being a creative person that feels important to me because I feel like it's been super constant throughout my life no matter not not songwriter I guess but like creative Mm -hmm. um being a creative because I feel like that's you know early on I was yeah as a kid I just loved anything art and music and dance related and um yeah but I don't know I got a little flustered (laughs) but it's okay I just I just like don't talk about that part of myself and then and this doesn't this doesn't have to be about that and I don't like anyway so we can edit out whatever I don't know what yeah I mean whatever you're comfortable with and like yeah we can (laughs) And, and I think it's okay to be like yeah a bi person that like feels not insecure about your bi-ness but about like taking up space or having oh, it be a thing yes. you know like that's, that's a normal exactly, buy thing <laughs> that is yeah that's my diary you know like <laughs> definitely feel that way and definitely feel sort of yeah it's just it's kind of like oh how does this play out in my life in the way I feel about myself and the way I exist in the world where I do I am dating a cis man you know so when we go out in the world together, people make assumptions about us that aren't, that are probably not true. Mm-hmm. You know, just it's like, or it's easy for me to be like, oh yes, two straight people, you know, and that might, may or may not be true. And yeah, so it's all a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I, yeah, if it's important to you, I feel like it's worth mentioning, even if it's complicated. Yeah. No, that's a, I agree. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad I'm talking to you right now. This is great. <laughs> I have even I a few more yeah. questions. Let me just ask one more um, before we get to it. Uh, so what are, what is something that makes you lose track of time? Oh, wow. Um, definitely reading. Like if I, if, if I'm reading a really good novel, love that will definitely lose track of time. <laughs> also, very annoyingly, um, writing emails. <laughs> just just like being on my computer and like getting through stuff. And then I realized, oh my God, I only wanted to spend 30 minutes on my computer. And then it's been like two hours, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's a fun answer because that's not it's, like what I'm trying to get at with this question, no, but exactly. it's like still true. It sucks. <laughs> yes, it's so true. And it's, I'm like, I am not happy about this. Right? <laughs> um, I think also something yeah not not um something that's like more interesting than emailing is like when I so I I am an avid baker too that's like another Mm. thing that I do just for myself but um Sean's mom is so funny she's like you need to start a home baking business so I'm sort of like considering it on the (laughs) side but uh don't tell anyone Uh, it's not real yet um but I, I lose track of, it's not, maybe not that I lose track of time, but I lose track of like the other stuff that's going on in my life. And I'm just immersed in the experiences when I'm baking because I'm, you know, it's really precise. And so I'm following a recipe. I'm not advanced enough to like write my own recipes yet, though I do make alterations and I may vary them. But when I'm just in it, like putting the stuff together and I guess it's that I don't care how much time has passed because I'm involved in the thing that I love. Does that sort of answer your question? Yeah, that totally answers. I gave a boring answer and a good answer. (laughs) No, you gave like complicated, (laughs) interesting answers. I'm very complicated. (laughs) So that's great. (laughs) Hi there. Sadie piping in here from the future. I wanted to let you all know that this podcast happens thanks to your support and the support of our Patreon page. This page is under my personal name and helps fund my creative projects. But as far as this podcast goes, by subscribing for as little as $5 a month, you will gain access to the exclusive members-only songwriter sessions, which is an extended version of this podcast where I dig a little deeper with the songwriters. We talk about their process, their experience of being a professional musician, and we just have a slightly more candid conversation. In addition to the songwriter sessions, some of the other perks of becoming a supporter are monthly songwriter accountability meetups online, where we check in, share what we've been working on, and dig into a little prompt. Um, You'll also have exclusive access to my musical catalog, as well as unreleased demos. So that's pretty special. And sometimes I send out some handmade little goodies in the mail. So if you're interested in becoming a member, head on over to patreon.com slash SadieBGZ and join the coolest kids around. Okay, well, let's get to the question at let's hand. Read the question. Um, okay, here it is. Dear Valadier. I moved to a new city a year ago and tried dating again since the pandemic started, and I ended up getting my heart broken, one of many times. I am feeling sort of burnt out, but also like I'm at a place where I do want to build a life with someone. How do I start putting myself out there again, knowing I could just get burned yet again? Sincerely, the letter writer. (laughs) Oh, man. I, when I read this letter, when you sent it to me, I was just feeling it so hard or I was feeling for this person Mm. um yeah it's so many of the things in the question are 
our big life transitions or or the way I see it it's like they're big life transitions right like you got your heart broken that's such a huge upheaval in your inner world your outer world like it's probably involving you know your friends knew this person whatever it was and then moving to a new city that's crazy huge <laughs> it's so big and and then I would also the thing that I feel like is like this like sleeper part of the question that I was really excited about is that they they're like I I think I'm at a place where I do want to build a life with someone and that's so huge to to just I mean I don't know how old this letter writer is but I feel like for me there was a certain point in my 20s where I was like finally able to admit that to myself that I'm like no I I want to I want a partner I want to have something that's kind of serious and 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 we're building a life together and we're taking each other into consideration as we move through the world and obviously I mean the way I live and I think we all want to live is like we maintain a lot of independence and our autonomy but there's something really meaningful and like beautiful about saying oh yeah I do want to have somebody in my life who I build a life with right and I feel like in at least like in your 20s in in some communities and and like parts of society I think it's kind of like weirdly radical to say that and not just be like oh I want to be like dating around and 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 which is amazing that's also awesome you know (laughs) but I remember there was a certain point for me at least where it felt like oh man this is really hard to admit to everyone around me or even to myself maybe that like oh I feel really lonely and I really like want to build something with a partner do you know what I'm saying that I feel like it's like kind of takes a lot to say no I want a relationship and that doesn't make me like weak that doesn't make me unable to be alone or I'm not into it's like no this is something that I think would you know add color and like vibrancy and richness to my life and that can be hard to say I think sometimes in our 20s do you know what I'm you know yeah, and I think also, like, <laughs> I'm not sure, like, how this letter writer has been dating, but at least in my experience yeah. of, like, online dating, that's where it gets kind of, like, you're not quite sure what the cool thing to say is, or, like, on dating apps when you're like, I am interested in a monogamous partnership, right. and then you're like, especially in queer dating apps, you're just like, this is a little embarrassing to say, but... I'm not really trying to be consensually nagamagamagamagamagamous. Yeah, I mean it's great for people that are, but (laughs) that's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, and and but I think what you're saying about online dating, totally. This like, well, what's the cool thing? Like, oh, it feels so lame to be like, oh, let's. Yeah, I want a, a monogamous partnership and. But I think it's, I mean, even, I don't actually, we don't know about this letter writer. We don't know. We don't know if they're queer. We We don't don't know know if they're monogamous. We don't know anything. We know nothing. (laughs) They didn't include no details. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. But I do think that 
just like coming to that realization so yeah to the letter writer I just feel like so stoked for this person that you're like if you're listening to this that you did just move and you had your heart broken again and you're like no this is what I want I want this thing but I totally get that you're afraid of that I'll move back into just like talking normally oh my god Ellie <laughs> they are afraid of you know the getting burned again and that's just I just think it's so so real and I think that we've all experienced that potentially but I think that there's something really powerful in just you know yes you know, you, if we're afraid of that, you know, admitting that to yourself, but just like not letting that at all stop you from like continuing to show up to your friendships, to like the things you experience in the world when you're meeting new people, just show up with your whole self, like show up with whatever amount of yourself you have the energy for that day <laughs> or feel safe doing, but like just that if we don't like show up with our heart there it's like I don't know if when we meet that person that you know if you don't show up with your heart if you don't show up to that conversation or something and being open to a future then even if you meet somebody that it might work out with like if you're so scared and guarded like I don't know it can be hard but I'm not trying to like oh my god I, I mean I'm definitely not trying to scold anyone into that because or scold anyone for not doing that because I just did it so many times where <laughs> I wanted it. I knew what I wanted in a relationship and I didn't ask for it because I was afraid that they wouldn't want it. Right. This like wanting a partnership or wanting it to be more serious. You know, I, I just accepted the type of relationship, the type of love, the type of like physical or emotional intimacy that like the other person wanted mm -hmm. because I was like too afraid to, you know, ask for what I wanted most of the time because I knew that they didn't want the same thing. So yeah. I just was like, Oh, I will just accept this. Right. But yeah. So I think, I mean, more recently that I've, I've been not as afraid to do that. I'm like, I'm in a relationship that is really important to me and, and there's something like so scary about saying that like oh yeah no I want to like I want to build something I don't just want this to be casual or whether it's monogamous or not <laughs> right <laughs> you right. know yeah um I kind of got rambling so I'm trying to like bring it back to oh yeah just that I think it's there's there's never ever gonna be a guarantee that we don't get hurt right. like we just fucking <clears throat> might get heartbroken and that sucks so much but they're just like at least like where the way I see it and I feel like maybe you agree with me it's like there is no way to avoid it like how like it might happen right and it might not and if it doesn't it's so amazing 
Like, it can be so amazing. But having been heartbroken, I totally get this person's just like, oh, God, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal that with that again. You I know? feel like and what you so were tough. saying, though, about, like, coming to it with your whole self, like, that mm-hmm. that's probably the best route that you can take like you increase the odds of success when you're just like totally knowing what you want and like being yeah forthright about your intentions and like you know building connections with people based on actually the truth and who you are and what you want and not you know people pleasing your way into making things happen when they're not a good fit or yes when they're not a good fit like we, and what you were saying with with the like oh is this the cool thing to say on the app yeah so especially like yeah this person's in a new city like i can imagine that there's some online dating like love it but it can be super scary you're putting yourself out there on the internet like you know and i online dated a bit but it was not what but it was during a time where i was like really just like i am having fun <laughs> and like doesn't matter you know um but yeah this like I think it just takes so much courage and like bravery to say, or yeah, to go on potential online dates, go out there in this way that you just said, Katie, like showing up saying, this is what I want. This is what I'm interested in. And, you know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe don't say that in the first sentence of the date, but like (laughs) you can show up. Yeah. With your whole self, with what you want and be confident in that because as I also think, like, if somebody doesn't want that... It makes it easier you, for you. Yes, it makes it easier <laughs> for you. You can just be like, okay, cool, that's great to know. Like, do I want to make out with you? Maybe. I don't know. I'll Like, but I now I know that that's not what you're looking for. So it's easier then to, like, not put your, like, little emotional lovey-dovey eggs in that basket. Right. Because you just have more data. <laughs> and... Also, I think it makes it potentially, yeah, easier to just, like, do it right up front. Because if you go down this road of, like, oh, we're just having this great time. And then, you know, a few months later, you might come to realize that this big important thing that... Or this thing that is so important to you, it doesn't align with their wants or their values or whatever it is. And you're, like you're emotionally so much more invested and and like tangled in this person especially if you start to like them or even love them it's like and so by just sort of like showing up and being like this is what i'm interested in i think it has the potential to be very empowering for this letter writer and if people don't you know and if somebody doesn't want to be building something with somebody like then okay you know it's not a personal thing really because you talked about it on the first date or for instance, right, right? right? It's not about like, Oh, I don't want this with you. Even whatever it could be, but yeah, <laughs> you know, but cause it's also by saying, Oh, I want this thing. I want to build a life with somebody. It's not saying on the first date, you're not, you're not saying, and I want it to be you. It's like, Hey, just so you know, I'm at a place in my life where I'm not just looking to like, go on lots of dates and hook up right if maybe maybe they are maybe they're like oh I want non-monogamy so I am looking for that but I'm looking for a primary partner or maybe they're not and it's and they want to be monogamous 
So, hey, I'm just looking for this one person that is going to fit with my life and I'm going to fit with theirs and we can build a life. We're both in this place to that we're interested in or open to meeting somebody to build a life with them or build a relationship that's long term. And by you both saying that, it's like that doesn't actually mean it's going to be each other. It's just like, oh, great. Okay, we're going to now explore this relationship with that understanding in mind and I wonder if it's also then that would lead to like a safer or a a feeling of safety with vulnerability or intimacy Mm -hmm. because you both know hey we're both showing up here it's not like one person's like oh I'm looking for a partner and the other isn't but they don't know it Right? So then the person looking for the partner is like, I don't know what they want. Like, ah, so it's scary to share these things. I think it's scary to share intimacy, (laughs) like, all the time in certain ways. But, you know. Yeah. Um, Also, this is just so hilarious to me that I'm giving, like, relationship advice because I just... Like, look back at my history and I'm like, L-O-L. It was not great. (laughs) But I feel like I did this thing that I don't know. I didn't always show up communicating what it was that I wanted. Yeah. Because I was timid or I, not timid, but I, I, I wanted love. I wanted intimacy. And I, so I gave up things that I wanted just so that I could like keep it. Yeah. 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 I think it's, well, I, I think it's funny that I chose this question just because I personally am at a point where I'm like, I'm kind of like, burnt out and like hypothetically at some point I would like someone but like right now seems like a lot and like yeah I've been burnt like (laughs) so I was like okay Ellie you can talk on this podcast and (laughs) I will just like pipe in with laughter and like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh but I do think that like one thing that I learned from some of my past experiences was just like yeah, being really upfront about what you want and also not, I don't know. It's kind of like, I felt like I, for a lot, for one of the last things, I like went into it with a really open mind, but then mm-hmm. ended up compromising on a lot of what I wanted because I was so. Like, oh, I should be open to this. Like, right. oh, this person is great. Let me see if this works. Yeah. And, and so the thing that I'm trying to, figure out how to approach now is like how do you uh like keep that spirit of curiosity and not like closing yourself off to like having a really super rigid idea of like the kind of person that you want or whatever without like overlooking when there are actual things that are like not compatible or like that you're actually giving up a big part of yourself by agreeing to doing a certain whatever um and so anyway that's something I'm interested in these days that's really (laughs) tough like I think yeah I mean I what am I thinking (laughs) the the ideal right like the goal would be yeah that we're able to be to have that open mind and open heart of exploration and being open to somebody surprising you or this like wonder of like oh cool I'm in love and this person doesn't 
look like exactly who I imagined or it doesn't like check all this box all these specific boxes I had and so sort of being able to like throw out certain like checklists but then yeah but then maintaining your kind of inner sense of confidence and self and I don't know how to make sure that you don't like forget about the things that are important to you it's so hard right and I did that for so long and yeah so it like I didn't I don't really think I've like figured it out I, I mean I am in a relationship and like a it's like the most serious relationship I've ever been in and I'm 30 so who knows what that means but <laughs> I feel like for all my 20s it was just like I was all over the place, but I like had a pattern of what I was doing for sure. Like if you, you know, look at the relationships <laughs> I was in, I'm like, oh yes, so they're all similar, mm -hmm. you know, but I, but so as far as this like question is concerned, I don't know if I actually have learned anything from my experience of going from like feeling heartbroken. Also when I did move to a new city, which I should talk about I, I have feelings about that but um but moving and then being heartbroken and like and then finding you know like entering into a relationship and finding like a really closeness it was like it was somebody I was already friends with and so it really took me by surprise and it took him by surprise too so it wasn't I wasn't moving to a new city and really kind of like having to meet putting people. myself yeah. out there yeah it really it really snuck up on us and so um, and it, like, but I feel like because I really knew this person, I was able to be really honest from the beginning and we were really able to be like open with each other and honest with each other. And I think in retrospect, it's like, oh yeah, that's probably the most honest, the most forthcoming I've been with somebody at the start mm -hmm. and I and I wonder if it's because I maybe early on it was like if you feel like you have something to lose then you're like guarded or something or if you're like oh I'm this person is way cooler than me or like oh I know they're this way but I want a relationship oh I have to like hide that part of myself so that they'll like me because I like that I don't know it, it's so I don't know if I have insight about like going from this like heartbroken space to like okay and here's the formula to like the relationship because obviously there's no formula but I definitely was super open to it right and I and I was in the same place as this letter writer that I had been heartbroken I had had these like shitty relationships and and some of them we're great in so many ways. And I'm like friends with a <laughs> for, lot of my For exes. those people so, who are listening so, so, to this yeah, podcast. So for my exes who are listening, because I'm sure you know, <laughs> you're following my every move. No. <laughs> um, there were lots of good things, but it also sucked. It just, a lot of them sucked. Like I was at a place where I had, I was feeling really strongly like, no, I don't want another like bullshit relationship. Mm -hmm. And I don't that's kind of a who knows what it is and maybe it'll build and like oh you live in New York and I live in Boston or like oh you're like live in Nashville and I live in wherever it's like no it 
I had come to a place where I'm like, oh, I want a real thing. I take that back. Not real because everyone's version of real. For me, what I wanted, <laughs> everyone's version of real could be different. What I wanted was like a monogamous relationship because also everyone I dated before wanted non-monogamy and I was like, okay, I'll do that. And then realized like, oh, this is not actually something I can, I want right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, oh, I'm more open to it now than I ever have been actually. <laughs> but, um, well, that also makes sense because you like yeah. are feeling solid. Yes. And I feel like totally. that is like the appropriate place from to which like, oh, to explore yeah. non-monogamy. So. Yes. So, <laughs> but I, I had sort of reached a point where I'm like, I've been burned a lot or like I've been in the, I've been heartbroken. Also the letter writer was saying like one of many times and I'm like, oh man, is that in the new city or just one of many oh, times yeah. in their life up to it? I'm like, sure. oh my God, yeah. moving to the new city and having like three heartbreaks in a row. I'm, whew, what a doozy. Right. But, like, do they need to guard their yeah. heart more? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But it sounds, I'm interpreting it like, this, they've moved to a new city and they have been heartbroken, but this isn't their first heartbreak. They're, they're trying, yeah. I think they're trying to tell us like, or I'm going to interpret it that they're trying to tell <laughs> us like, this is not my first heartbreak. It's not their first rodeo, but it is their, their first heartbreak in the new city. Anyway, I think that it felt really great within my mind and body and like spirit or something to be to have realized and decided and said to myself, like, I don't want a relationship that is hollow for my next thing. What I'm looking for and what I want next is I want it to be, have a little more like meat to it, a little more substantial, be a little more substantial than what it was in the past. And whatever substantial means to this person is going to be different than mine. But, um, but it felt really freeing in that to like to have kind of admitted that to myself and i did do a bunch of like i did do some online dating like right at the beginning of the pandemic actually i was so i was living in nashville i'm now i'm going on my whole spiel so <laughs> i moved to nashville and felt totally bananas like it was so weird i had lived in boston for 8 years and then moved to nashville and I felt really lonely and I was at a point in my life where I was on the road a lot with Lula Wiles and so I'd get home and I just needed to like be within myself so I and and kind of like recuperate from the road so I wasn't going out and meeting people and Mm -hmm. so I felt really lonely in the place so I think that what I wish I had done differently is I think I wish I had kind of reached out to a couple of friends here and there that and been honest with them saying like hey I'm having a hard time moving to this new place and feeling connected like I feel really disconnected and I'm traveling a lot so I'm only ever home for like a few you know we were traveling we were touring so much at that time so it was really hard to integrate into like any kind of community Mm -hmm. and so I feel like reaching out to a friend or if this person like a coworker or something I don't know just sort of being like hey I'm new here this is challenging how can I kind of 
find my way into some kind of community because I think that is where you make these meaningful connections. Right. You know? Um, anyway, and then I moved again and <laughs> then I moved again and I live in New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. What else did this per- what what we just I kind of got to the end of a thought and now I'm like, okay, what are they? Well, can asking? I bring back one one part yes. of you were it was a while bring ago you back, were talking Katie. about like how you kept doing the same thing over and over and over again in terms of your like less fulfilling relationships maybe. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm kind of curious if the letter writer I mean, probably if they're like really wanting to start something serious, they've done this self-analysis, but Mm -hmm. I'd be curious to hear like what are like because they've said that their heart has gotten broken one of many times. I'm just curious if there has been any pattern to that or if it's like Mm -hmm. these have all been isolated occurrences that have been totally separate (laughs) and like my actions have been way (laughs) different. Well, I (laughs) such a good point. And I think that I think that's a great idea, like, to kind of look back on your relationships and 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 not just look for, like, oh, is there a pattern of my actions? But it's like, oh, my God, who are the people that I'm attracted totally. to? Who are the people that I find myself at the party being like, whoa, you know? <laughs> and then it's like, do I need to slow down and not be attracted to that emotionally <laughs> unavailable man? Because, yes, that was the answer. <laughs> but... So, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that is a good idea that this letter writer could, like, reflect on, wait, yeah, what am I, are there things I'm doing that perpetuate this kind of thing? Like, but, yeah, is are these just kind of isolated instrument instruments? Oh, my God. Isolated <laughs> incidents? Or, yeah, is there this thread? Um, but I actually, and this is making me think of, Okay, so Sadie, what I love so much about this podcast is that it's based around songs. Yes. And I friggin' love songs. Like, so fun. And to write, to listen, to think about, to talk about. I was just teaching a songwriting class right before this podcast Aww. interview. So I'm feeling all, like, hopped up on song <laughs> energy. Um, but when you, you know, the reason I wanted to answer this question is because I felt like I had this song that really touches on it, which... And we'll listen to it in a minute, I know, or like in a little while. But um, I feel like I hear my friends doing this. I was I was asking myself this. It's like, how do I do, how do I find that person? Or like, oh, this is happening. Like, I'm afraid that this will happen. Or, oh, I'm afraid to get hurt again. And and it can even go to like, oh my God, why do I do this all the time? Like, will I ever not be depressed? Will I ever not have anxiety? Like, it goes on and on and on. All these things we ask ourselves and like this uncertainty we feel around like love and relationships, friendships, and what we want to do out of life. We live in a really wild time, you know, and there's so many possibilities. And what I found myself realizing over like a number of years was just that, that, that like the uncertainty is okay. And I don't have to keep looking for the answer in a way that will, uh, resolve or, or, or kind of like 
heal this feeling of uncertainty around whatever question or idea that it is, right? That the uncertainty itself like just can actually exist on its own. And, and so, and that that's okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And then from that uncertainty, you go to something, but like, or you move forward in some way, but you don't actually have to know where you're going. Like you don't like, you know, and I, I just want to like sort of say to this person, like, yeah, like it sucks. And I have no idea how you do like, (laughs) like, how do you do that? Who knows? But the thing is like, you don't have to know. And I'm, lol I'm quoting my own song but that that like part of what it is I think it's just like we have to just keep trying and we should you know like we were saying at the beginning like we if you show up with as much of yourself as you can muster you know as much as you're able to then it's like what's gonna happen like who knows what's gonna happen but the whole thing the whole thing is that we don't know. And I don't know. I don't have any other like more eloquently eloquent. I don't have a more eloquent way to say it. I don't think, but that what was really what I found myself specifically in recent years writing about is writing about like accepting uncertainty Mm. and because I felt so lost and so uncertain and so confused in so many ways. Not so much, I mean, a lot about love, but also about like my mental health and my inner world. And this kind of allowing myself to embrace that uncertainty and embrace how kind of teetery it feels to like balance on not knowing and just being like, don't stress out. Like, don't like sort of like Ellie, stop beating yourself up for not knowing or being confused or being uncertain. And just like, you can just experience that. And like tomorrow might be different. And like, you can show up to your Tinder date being like, I feel very uncertain. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's okay to own uncertainty as an aspect of like what is true for you at any given yeah. time. Mm hmm. And that it doesn't just mean, oh, this ding, 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 this is a problem. Like, I'm uncertain. I don't know what I, I don't know this. Or I, like, how do I do that? How do I move on? How do I, like, will I ever get over this breakup? It's like, I feel like we're taught, we're trained to, to recognize that as like, oh, this is a big problem. This is an emotional problem. Or this is like a personal problem that you need to figure out and deal with. And there's this like fixing thing. And it's. And I think it can be really freeing to not feel like immediately with uncertainty, we just have to find the solution. Like the solution is great and right. we can find it. <laughs> not, not abandoned. Like, I don't know. You know what yeah, I, but I, there's, I I'm not. <laughs> there's like, there's nothing wrong with being uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's hard to be there. I think the world we live in, like, doesn't necessarily celebrate that. Right. You know, there's all this like, oh, what's your five year plan? You know, and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> Not. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay, cool. Well, should yeah. we listen to the song? Let's listen to the song. Okay, great. I think I did a great job just uh, segueing us into it. Yeah, that w- <laughs> was better than I could have done. So I appreciate it. 
So now we're going to listen to You Don't Have to Know by Great. Eleanor Buckland. Okay, well, Eleanor, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been really a delight chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me, Sadie. I loved listening to the first episode, so I was just thrilled to be a part of it. Yeah, it was so fun. Well, everyone should check out Eleanor's most recent album, which is conveniently called You Don't Have to Know. And um, and the song is on it. And mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. Great. Well, thank you so Great. much. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>
Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Again, if you are interested in helping support this podcast, you can go over to patreon.com slash sadiebgz and any money you support there will go straight to the podcast and my creative endeavors, including this podcast. Um, and if you are already supporting, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate it. Another free way that you can help support Dear Balladeer is to go and rate and subscribe and also tell all your friends about it. Um, the podcast is now available wherever you listen to podcasts. So whatever you prefer, go for it. Okay. Anyway, thank you. <laughs>